At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? So if you have been following along with the podcast, you would have heard a couple of podcasts a few weeks ago regarding some stories where individuals went through some stuff in their life and got through it and became HVAC technicians and are loving the trade. Well, we got another one for you guys. Rob Van Alst, okay, he's from Long Island, New York. He's going to come on the podcast and talk about an addiction issue okay and it started with a car accident and he he made some mistakes along the way but he was determined to set those set those mistakes right and make things right in his life so if if you like these kind of stories if you've gone down these paths if if you're suffering through an addiction this is a podcast for you to let you know that there's something on the other side when you get through it all you got to bear down, you got to you got to work hard and you can work through it. There's something there for you. It's not it's not something that that is the be all end all of your life. You can work through it. So listen, listen close guys. It's going to be a good one. Um, Rob's going to be very forthcoming, very open, okay? Through the whole process. So if you like that kind of stuff, pay attention and listen up. This is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. You're, I'd say, the third or fourth person that's come through in the last month that wanted to tell a story where they kind of rose from the ashes, I guess, for lack of a better term. And I'm kind of glad you did because the last, yeah, so you're the third. The last couple of podcasts we did, I got a lot of good feedback from from the stories that were told. I'm glad you're here, man. You, you excited? <laughs> yeah. Um, like uh, the rehab I went to used to say, uh, like a phoenix rise from the ashes, bro. Yeah, exactly. So you were listening, and, and, and the message you wrote me, when you listened to the podcast I did with Scott, and he was talking about the depression and how he overcame it, you said that you, you heard that podcast, and you kind of – I don't know if it hit home with you and that you reached out to me and you left me a message after that podcast. It just kind of got published. It made me like, like under kind of, cause I thought like, like for a little bit, I was like alone in like the way I feel. I was, I was just like, Oh yeah, no one feels the way I do. Then I heard the podcast, especially since, um, he, he, like he does a trade I do. So I can relate with that. So then I was like, wow, so maybe I'm not alone. So then got me into thinking. So I started to do some research, started to do more positive things. Cool, man. So, I mean, I don't know where to begin here because we haven't talked prior. And, and it's kind of cool that we haven't talked prior because I, I kind of like doing this, just jumping on with people the first time I talk to them. And then we, we all learn together, you, me, and the audience, everybody that's listening. Uh, so like, 
you are an HVAC technician right now. Like, have you been in the trade for a while or did you just kind of start? Are you apprenticed or are you like been in uh, it for right, now, right now, I, I'm an apprentice. I've been doing okay. it for about seven to eight months. Eight, seven to eight months. I work uh, for my best friend. Okay. Uh, I'm trading under him. And it's uh, honestly, I wouldn't uh, trade it for anything in the world. I, I love it. Cool. So, I mean, where whereabouts are you from? Um, I'm from Long Island, New York. That's where the, uh, we're based out of Long Island, New York. Yep. I grew up there, born and bred Beth page. Okay. So listen, so you messaged me after, after hearing the podcast with Scott and you have a story to tell of your own. Uh, yeah. and then, then, then after you can, you can tell your story. Then we'll after then after we'll kind of get into, um, sort of what you do on a day-to-day basis out, out in the in the world of HVAC. So, I mean, the stage is yours, man. Just all right, awesome. just t- t- tell it like it is. All right. Um, okay. So I'll start. Uh, I'll start, let's say, like 2010. I was uh, 20. You could even go two years before that, 2008, graduating high school. So whatever, high school, whatever, I was always like um, – you know, like the cocky, reckless, uh, heartbreaker, you know, that, that type of kid, you know, jock. So then um, after high school, it's not cool to do that shit anymore, you know? <laughs> and uh, I learned that the hard way. Uh, fucking, so I'm sorry. Did not mean to say that. <laughs> That's okay. Go, go on. So, um, all right, sorry. So then i wouldn't a way to i wanted to look for a way to earn quick money so i would um i got into like the marijuana sales business you know and um so i was doing that um for a couple of years uh during that time i got into a car accident i was with uh, my girlfriend at the time we just got sushi it was a beautiful beautiful night and everything was going good and um there was a car coming. We were going north, and there was a car in the going south, and they were turning. So I saw the accident. I saw I, I saw it happen at least five seconds before it actually happened. She didn't have her seatbelt on. So then I um, took my right arm. I covered her uh, chest, strapped it, and then I had the left arm on the wheel, and that t- it took all the impact. So then I, I got pretty uh, like hurt after that, you know. And um, that's when the world of opiates got introduced to me from the pain. Exactly. So did they get introduced to you through legal measures, like through a doctor or through oh, yeah, yep. illegal exactly. measures? Exactly. Legal measures. Okay. Went to the hospital, uh, uh, ended up going to a doctor and then I went to pain management for it to deal with it. But I got kicked out of pain management. It, everything was going good. Doctors were great, but I, I got kicked out because I tested positive at the time for marijuana. Okay. So that really, um, that, that was a hard hit because, um, these doctors. Now, gave, can gave, I ask you why, why they kick you out of the pro- program for pain management? Cause you got tested for marijuana. Like why, what's their thought was, uh, process was, behind that? Was, oh, it, I mean, honestly, like, it didn't make sense back then. This was in 2013 and it doesn't make sense now. Um, Cause it, they, well, I mean, I guess because of the research that's coming out now uh, that proves all the benefits, uh, well, some of the benefits from that substance, you know? Yeah. There, there, there is a lot of time. There, there's, 
there's a ton of evidence for health, health, proven health benefits from, from cannabis. Yes, I agree with you. So it, it kind of didn't make sense uh, at the time when I got kicked out because I was also self-medicating with that at the time, you know? Yeah. So then, um, all right, so I, I, they kicked me out of there. So then there I am. I was getting prescribed pills for months, months and months. And then I got cut off cold turkey. And then like, what did they expect? At that point, you become addicted, even though uh, you weren't like choosing willingly to be. You take it every single day. Your body develops a natural tolerance. You know? Yep. And then I had to go to the street. And that's when things got a little, little crazy, you know? So that, that kind of upsets me. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to offend anybody about the medical system of where you are or anything, but I, I think it's a doctor's job to wean you off of medication they've given you that they, they know is, they, they know is addictive. You know what I mean? Uh, I 100% agree. They, they, they know it's addictive. Um, like I've talked about my father bef- before, I think I told the audience when I, or maybe even once or twice when he was diagnosed with colon cancer and he's a survivor of it, which, which is great. But at one point he, he, at one point he couldn't sleep very well and he was prescribed, um, sleeping medication. But I remember him telling me and my, my mom at the same time saying, Hey, listen, like the doctors didn't say that it's, it's addictive, that these pills are addictive. So they found out that it was addictive because when he stopped cold turkey, he couldn't sleep at all, right? And then they had, to, they, they had to figure out a way to wean him off. He had to go back to the doctor and say, listen, like, what's like, and so I think it was like suggested like he take a half pill every night for a week and then every second night and then, you know what I mean? And then kind of wean, wean off. So I think it's, and, and they screwed up not telling him that it was addictive and you got to wean off and here's the plan and here's how we're going to do it. So I think it's, I think it's a doctor's job to, to, to tell you this beforehand or, oh. or to tell you, to tell you that, Hey, we're coming up on this period of time. You've been taking this. It's time to kind of rethink the plan and maybe go a different direction. But first we got to wean you off of the medication you're on. Right. You agree? I completely agree, Gary. And I think yeah. but back in like 2013, the stigma with marijuana, the view people have on it now wasn't the way they had it back then. It was still kind of, it was just like still like becoming acceptable at the time and not everyone accepted it. Yeah. So then they saw that, oh yeah, they, they probably thought, oh, this, uh, at the time I was uh, 23, this 23 year old, um, again, yeah, painkiller, smoking weed, he just wants to have a good time. Yeah. So, I mean, but you, you were, you needed it for the pain. Like where, where did you have the pain from the accident? Where was the pain? Oh, located? I had, um, I, I have uh, a shit ton of, oh, I have uh, a lot of herniated discs, uh, going throughout my lower back, upper back and my neck. And I have a shoulder injury. See, my wife was in a car accident too, when she was like 16 and, uh, she had to have shoulder surgery on her right shoulder and she still has a lot of problems with her left shoulder and she's going through, she's got to go through some, some physio now because it's really starting to affect her as obviously the, the 
the bones and the the muscle and the cartilage and all that it grows <laughs> and gets older with you and stuff like that so it's not so so flexible and and stuff and you have inflammation over time and and whatever so she's dealing with the aftermath of a car accident as well so i i kind of get get it from from that standpoint so i mean what happened well, when- at that time i didn't know what i knew now about the body i went to drugs and stuff uh-huh. but now now I do it all natural. I, I, I like have an exercise routine and I make sure I get a ton of cardio and I, I always make sure I move my body and exercise and I eat healthy. I take a bunch of vitamins, especially turmeric. It's a really great for uh, anti-inflammatory. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know that back then. And I learned that natural is so much better. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. So, so, I mean, let, let's go back to kind of where I, I cut you off. Sorry. You, you exactly. And you had to, once you got cut off, um, you had this addiction and your doctors weren't there to, to help you, it sounds. So you went to the street. So how did this kind of happen and how did it affect your life? Well, I was already on the streets. Well, not okay. like, like I was in, not on the streets. I was involved with yes. the streets. Okay. I was, um, uh, right, whatever. I was, I was uh, dealing with marijuana. So um, basically at the time, uh, I uh, th- like doing that would support my habit. So um, work started to slip. Like they started to tell something was up. I was working in a warehouse at a printing press at that time, and it was going really good. And I, I really messed that job up. Um, so then I got caught up in the addiction, and then um, doing what I did with the with the the marijuana, I had to go uh, drop something off and pick something up. So uh, during that uh, transaction, I guess, uh, I got arrested with um, 14 pounds of uh, marijuana, which uh, the DA said had a net worth of uh, 70,000, but it, w- it was not even really close to that. So w- what happened after that? So then it came to light that I had addiction. I was going through withdrawals in uh in jail uh and then um i uh, I bailed out and uh got a lawyer and then they uh told the lawyer what was going on with uh the addiction blah blah i was saying i i mean i said i was doing it to support my habit but that was only half the truth i was doing it because i wanted to live good too you know Mm -hmm. but and that's just straight honesty right there but um yeah so it was also a good thing because the road I was going down, it uh, couldn't have ended up uh, being like, it couldn't have ended well, you know? And um, so my family found out about my addiction, which was, it was uh, the loaded, these very strong uh, pain uh, killers. And then um, I ended up getting judicial diversion in court for this charge. It was a felony, um, uh, C felony, first, uh, first degree possession marijuana. And um, so they said that I had to go to outpatient for one year, test clean, and then everything will be wiped off my record. But they didn't tell me <laughs> that when I went to the outpatient, who I would encounter, what would, I, what would occur, and what I would end up actually doing to fuck up my life. So I'll get into that. Um. So I met this girl, beautiful girl. Oh my God. Like, let me tell you, 
Um, like 10 out of 10, 12 out of 10, beautiful girl in outpatient. And me and her just clicked. We clicked, we clicked. I was doing the painkillers, but she was doing heroin. That's why she was there. Mm-hmm. I never, I never touched that shit, um, that stuff ever, you know? So, um, started hanging out outside the rehab, outpatient rehab. And then, uh, she got me hooked onto that. Damn. And that was like, after that, it was a turn for the worst. I kept testing dirty, um, time and time again. And then they eventually said, the judge said, okay, enough of the outpatient. You have, you know, you have to go to inpatient at a therapeutic community for one year. And that I really sucked. So I wasted six months in outpatient and then I had to go to inpatient for one year without messing up. So at that time I went to a place uh, in Long Island. Um, it was, it was, it was like, it was like a two, two story house. It was, it was pretty big. Um, it had about, it housed about, let's say, 60 guys and um all recovering addicts trying to get better there mostly there for court or or uh legal issues and um during that time there since it was so open like anyone could come in and out my addiction got even worse so um i ended up getting going there for 10 months messing up uh, two months shy, and then they sent me to Brooklyn to another another uh, branch of that rehab. So actually, the total time I was in Brooklyn, so I was in Hopog, let's say for 10 months, and then I, I went to Brooklyn, and I was in Brooklyn for about two years and some months because um, what happened was I got 11 months clean, and then since they let you go work, they let you off, off like the campus, uh, whatever, it's not a campus that let you out of the modernized jail um, for a little to go work. Um, then it gave me chances. I wasn't ready. And um, so that happened twice, 11 months, 11 months. And I had to restart each time. And then I messed up again. And I, I just said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. So I, I went to court. I had a warrant out. And um, I was like, listen, your um, your, your honor, um, I can't do it anymore. Just give me the time. I'll take the year in jail. And uh, that's what I did. And I ended up going for a year in jail after that. So a total with that case, uh, 2013, November 16, 2013, the day I rest, I was arrested. I'll never forget that. And then the day I got out of jail, which was June, no, I mean July 18th, 2017. So 14, 15, so like about four years and and change. Uh, because of that uh, the dumb mistake I caught doing. So, I mean, obviously, you've just you just said it was a dumb a dumb mistake. So, you obviously saw the error in 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 in, in what happened. And so, so how do you reflect back on that now, to, to where you are now? Like, how do you reflect back on on what you did and what happened? Do you I just like, to, do you just like, I, I, say, like I, I was an idiot. <laughs> like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, how how do you how do you reflect? 
well, I had to, um, I, I try to take everything, every mistake, every mess up. I try to take it as like a learning experience. I try to sit back after I try to think about it and ask myself, okay, what I do wrong and what can I do better next time? I'm in a situation like this. That, that's, that's a great approach to take. And, um, and I, not for nothing, I, I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot of things in those places I was at. Um, it taught me a lot of people skills. It taught me the reality of this world and how bad it could be and, and how you have to have gratitude and, and you have to appreciate things in life because it could be taken away from you in the snap of a finger. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're hundred percent dead on when you say that. I mean, look, I, I know, <laughs> look what happened to Kobe Bryant. I know he's like, he's like, uh, I know people die every day, but he was a huge worldly figure and he just was trying to role model. Yeah. He was a role model to many people and, and everybody across the world knew him. And then in an instant he was gone with his, with his daughter. I mean, who hadn't seen life yet. She was that still, was a, that was also a beautiful relationship. That a young teenager. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're hundred percent right. You, you could, you could lose it all in an instant and you got, you can't take things for granted you got to try to live. You got to try to live every minute. Like, I, I don't know if, 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 do you know who Gary V is? Do you follow him on Instagram or anything like that? Uh, I do not Gary. Okay. Well you should, because he's a very, very positive person and he's all about what you said, gratitude and, and, and he says, like, if you think about it, if you're alive, <laughs> you have won the biggest lottery ever because out of all, and I, I can't remember how he phrases it, out of all the sperm, right, that, that are generated daily, you were the one that made it. <laughs> you were the one that made it out, right? You're, you're, you're here. So that is the biggest lottery ever. So you're here. You might as well take advantage of it. Um, as best you can and he talks about gratitude all the time and, and gratitude is being one of one of the major things that that you need to use in life to to be successful you said his name was what again gary his name is gary vaynerchuk but on instagram just just search gary v and he's got a ton of content out there that's very positive he he, he roams around um the u.s different cities and like he, he has a cameraman that follows him around everywhere he goes pretty much. And he talks to people on the street. He talks to students, he talks to everybody. And he just, he just hands off like really, really positive advice. He, he's one of those guys that are like, just work, 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 right. 18 hours a day. Um, but he does, he does hand out a lot of positive feedback. Oh, that's awesome. Definitely gonna um, follow him after this. Yeah. Yeah, you should. So, like story fast, done. sorry a story uh isn't done there's still, uh, still oh yeah yeah, yeah. So, sorry man go on go on <laughs> have you guys ever seen a stainless steel tx valve or heard of one well danfoss has one and i'm going to be introducing some content surrounding it I don't know much about it yet. I got to do a little digging, a little research on it. I've just seen pictures and some captions and stuff, but I'm going to be putting out some content on a stainless steel TX valve from Danfoss. So stay tuned for more education coming soon from Danfoss and HVAC know-it-all. I used my Testo Gen 2 Smart Probes today on a chiller, heater chiller that I was working on. 
that they were having some problems during during production. Now the problem is we couldn't put the chiller into production, so we had to kind of mimic some stuff, and I think we got to the bottom of it. But I used the Gen 2 smart probes, and it was friggin' awesome just to, and, and I was showing the customer too, um, how the superheat was going up and staying up too long. It was diving back down during this thing where it goes into partial load and full load, and it was doing doing a bunch of jumping around but it was very cool for the customer to, to watch this on my phone and for me to explain exactly what was happening during the entire thing and, and he he really enjoyed it the explanation and everything that was going on i think we got to the bottom of it but the smart probes definitely helped with that if you guys seen a post earlier this week down at the cmpx show if you stop by the navac booth and whisper the words you don't have to whisper but stop by and say know it all you'll be entered to win either a cordless vacuum pump or cordless flaring tool that's the deal right and if you don't live around the area it will be shipped to you not a big deal not a big deal at all so come by the navac booth at the cmpx show in march and say know it all you'll be entered to win a cordless tool Either tool is going to be fabulous. Either way you go, right? So refrigeration technologies, I saw them down at CMPX. A lot of pictures with a lot of bunch of a bunch of you guys from social media, which which was really really cool. Um, they got to meet you guys, and as always, they had their their big open bucket of Nylog, showing everybody how Nylog worked. Now, as you guys know, Nylog. Is a thread sealant it's a it's a lubricant an assembly lubricant and they had to implement a second filling machine in their manufacturing process to keep up with demand that's how awesome the product is one other giveaway i'm going to tell you about is down at the the cmpx show i'm going to be giving away a yellow jacket digital torque wrench if i haven't told you guys already that's going to be one of the giveaways along with some hvac gear stuff so come down and see me at booth 2631. I'll have my own little podcast booth set up, interviewing some people from the industry and doing a giveaway each day with a tool and some gear. And I'll have a bunch of stickers to hand out to you guys as well. XY Technologies, one more time, guys. I posted another video of a gentleman that was doing some service. And the video is created so the customer can see what's wrong with the machine. When the customer sees what's wrong with the machine, visually, they don't get a, they don't, they're not going to get on the roof. Most customers, some of them will, but most of them don't. So it's, it's nice for them to see that visual. It was a circuit board that had a uh, corroded resistor on it and it wasn't sparking um, in the heating cycle. And he made a video of that. So I will leave a link at the bottom, 30 day free trial of XY technologies and their badass platform vision. And if, if you use it, for 30 days and you like it and your boss signs up for it you get $500 cash back let's get back to Rob this segment of the podcast is brought to you by Harago a trades only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate harago.com best in trade so I, I got out right yeah so um but I still wasn't ready still was not ready I was um there's something called suboxone uh, it's like, it's like a bandaid for opiate addicts, which 
it's a something called a, it's a partial agonist. There's an agonist, partial agonist, and not non agonist. Agonist is like methadone. Partial agonist is suboxone, and then a non agonist is Vivitrol, which completely blocks everything, and you get no feeling. On the agonist and partial agonist, you still feel, you still get high, off the drug that's supposed to wean you off the opiates. So okay. I went, I went the route of the non agonist. I got the Vivitrol. But that didn't happen until about a year and a half after I got home because um, I, I, I still wasn't better mentally, and um, I, I, st- I went I went back doing to the same I went back doing the same thing, uh, which, which was heroin, and um, it wasn't until um, I saw what I was doing to my mom and dad. Uh, my dad, God bless him, turned seventy this year, and my mom. 65 they have put put up with a lot of stuff like a lot of things and going away uh it took me a while to realize after i was home but family is definitely the most important thing that you could have because they're always they're the only people who, who uh, well uh, I'm, I'm i should be grateful for this because actually not everyone's family is like this but my family i'll talk in the eye my family would never give up on me i don't know why they would they never they never like leave. They never abandon me. They always are there, like without a second notice, no matter what I did, you know. So uh, I I realized that, and I was like, yo, I I gotta stop doing this. I have to get I have to get better. So then I I voluntarily put myself in the rehab after all that shit, uh, that stuff I went through, after being man like mandatory, uh. uh like it was mandatory that I had to go to those inpatient rehabs, therapy communities, which, which were hell, then jail, blah, 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 went through all that. And then to come back home for a year and then realize all my wrongs and then go into inpatient therapy for 30 days, get better and be clean ever since. And how long ago was that? It's almost two years. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome, man. So, how how are you how are you doing with that though? Oh, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm not even um on uh what I was on to prevent it. There's something called Vivitrol shot I was talking about earlier. It's uh-huh. not agonist, and it's actually the best the best route for uh for opiate addiction, but um to recover, and it's a once once a monthly injection you get from uh your primary doctor or uh, well addiction specialist rather, and it prevents you like from doing opiates even if you mess up and take an opiate you won't feel it you will not feel it it will do nothing to you so it's a waste of money so i was on that for about 13 months and then i've been off of it for and just doing a straight willpower for about about i'll say eight or nine months good awesome so you've been in the, the trade now for about eight or nine months you said right yeah so i came home and uh, while I was away, my friend started in, um, well, he went to school for HVAC, was doing it for a couple of years. And then he worked for some companies. I uh, loved it and uh, started his own business. And um, when I got home, uh, well, from the second rehab. So this was about, let's say, a year and what ago, we started talking. And then about eight months ago, he took me on board and I became his apprentice. And honestly, I 
I've never actually went to work before and actually was like like pumped, you know, like like um, like like yeah, fucking doing this, doing that, like uh troubleshooting or doing an install or this or that. And it's it's such a great feeling and, and doing it with him because me and him have been best friends for so many years. It's just like it's not even a job. It's just it's amazing. So I, I gotta ask you this. So he he's your best friend and he decided to take you on after you went through this rough kind of patch in your life. Was he like, just whatever, let's just go to work. Or did he sit down and talk to you and say, this is real. Like you, you, you can't like, you can't go back. I need you. Like did, how did that all happen? I, I kind of looked to him, even though I'm older than him by three weeks, mm-hmm. I kind of looked to him like a older brother, you know, like okay. a, or even like a coach, you know? Yep. He, um, you, you, like accountability is a big thing. He always holds me accountable for what I do all wrong. And if if I do something messed up, he he's just straight out. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He lets me know so I can fix it. You know, you know, there's not enough. There's not enough people I don't think in this life that do that because there there are people that will come at you in a really douchey or asshole kind of way, but those people don't really get across even though they might be telling the truth the people that don't sugarcoat things but do it respectfully and and you can tell they actually care about your well-being i mean i don't think there's enough people in this life that do that there's there's too many people in this life that tell you what you want to hear i think i I also think it's, it's about the recipient too because some people can't handle the truth yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Most people can't handle. Most people can't handle the truth. They get they get uh, very That's, upset. Uh, upset, or I guess <laughs> the word the 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 popular word online is triggered. Right. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I I mean, that's good. That That's good that you have somebody like that in your life. It's good that you have the, the family that you have because they pretty much saved they pretty much saved you. Right. I would, if I didn't have them, I, I don't know where I would be. Yeah. So, so, so thanks to them for, for being there for you, but let, let's, let's kind of move on back to where we were with, with, with the HVAC side of things. So he hires you and do you, what do you do? Do you ride with him? Do you, do you have your own truck? Uh, how does that work? Uh, he's a, uh, the owner of the company. He has yeah. two trucks now, but I, I ride with him every day. I, um, you know, we just uh, just like brood it out. You know, we just like go through everything together, and it's awesome. I like we do every every type. We do we try to specialize in refrigeration, but okay. I've been learning a lot of heating this winter, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually love heating. Now, is it is it residential or commercial? Oh, we uh, usually do commercial, but we've been doing residential as well. Okay. 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 So, I mean, so may, like, is it, it's install and service you guys are doing, right? Well, we, we usually, um, we're more of a service company. Gotcha. But, uh, gotcha. If install come along as we won't say no. So at this point, at this stage of the game, um, like what kind of things stand out from, from what you've learned? Like, has he taught you how to use like, a a multimeter and a set of gauges and how to check superheat and subcooling. Have you gone through all that kind of stuff with him? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, he taught me a lot about HVAC controls. 
I'm still learning about like the whole control scheme in general, but I, I pretty much, I know all the basics and um, continuity and um, switch open, closed and uh, how to complete a circuit. And it's really cool. Actually. I really love uh problem solving. If like something is uh, off, you know, Mm, and, and, and what you said there is something I preach over and over and over again, basics, basics. So that, that sentence you said was continuity, switch, open, closed, um, completing a circuit. I mean, that, that is as basic level as you can get. And you need to understand that like the back of your hand before you can understand anything else. So it's, it's really good that you're, you're getting the basics down first. I like that. Yeah. I, um, he always, uh, he, he, he's a really good teacher. You know, he's, he's hard, <laughs> you know, he, uh, he pushes you, you know, he, um, he, he doesn't, um, he's like a perfectionist a little bit, but it also in a good way, he doesn't like take it to the extreme, but he, he just wants you to be the best. Well, that's good. If he's hard on you, that means he sees potential in you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and promise. I mean, if <laughs> there, there's been apprentices that I've seen and I just like, I'm just shaking my head and, and, and I just walk away because I know that they're not going anywhere in this trade because I don't see it in them. And, and I, I don't really care to give back to those types of people that don't want to show effort and promise and, and, and try to learn. But the, if, if an apprentice makes mistakes over and over and over and over again, but I can tell he's getting frustrated at himself. He's trying to get better. He's trying to learn. He asks questions. I will spend all day with a very high level of patience with that person. That you kind of just, uh, that kind of reminded me of myself, <laughs> you know, what you just said, cause I, yeah. you know, I, I don't get it the first try, but I'll keep doing it. I'll keep doing it until I get it, you know? Yeah. It's determination, man. And, and I mean, you've already gone through a process in your life already where you like, you've already described it. You tried it and tried it and tried it and tried it. You tried different things until you got it. You didn't give up. You didn't give up on yourself. So, I mean, I don't see anything changing as you're trying to learn, as you're trying to learn the trade of A-Track. Well, that, that's, that was the hardest part, actually. Like it was harder than A-Track. Like actually learning to, be okay with myself learning to accept myself for what i am and tell myself i am good enough you just have to try you have to be determined you have to have like a will, uh, willpower you have to focus drive you know and and i didn't know that my whole life i just learned it pretty recently yeah it, it, it's amazing man i i've watched videos of of people that don't realize what life is all about until they hit like their mid forties or fifties. And you know what I mean? They're yeah, always, man. they're always striving. They're always, and they're not content and they're always on edge. And then one day they, it hits them. They're like, man, like if I just change up a couple things in my life, I can be content. I can be comfortable. I can reduce the anxiety in my life. I mean, it's, it's different for all people. Everybody's got to realize it on their own. Right. Yeah. I also want to point out that, like, um, the stigma with a, uh, like addiction, mm-hmm. it still isn't where I think it should be. Because, um, let's say for example, for example, where I live, whatever, it's a small town, 
so people they, they know like your history you know and people know that so they i feel like they don't call us because of that reason because i was a former addict and i don't i don't i don't know i mean i get it i do mm -hmm. get it mm -hmm. i just don't like it Yo, I, I can completely understand that because they don't know the hard work that you went through to get yourself to this point. They, they don't know that. They don't see that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I can get how that, that can be frustrating. So, I mean. Yeah, but you also made me realize that I can't be mad because they don't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, exactly. Like they're they're ignorant to the to, to the whole the whole story behind it. So unless you sit down with every single one of them and and tell them, um, <laughs> they're not going to know. But now you can play this podcast for them. Say, hey, here, listen to this. This is why I'm where I'm at today because of all of this, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and um, I just want to say, like, uh. Ace fact, like, also, like, really uh, put me into focus, you know, like, before it, I was, like, I, I was lost. I didn't know what I was doing. I was all over the place doing this, trying this out, doing this, doing that. And then my friend, who I, who I actually, I didn't even speak to him uh, the whole six, uh, well, I guess four or five that I went through all that. I didn't even speak to him. And then um, I reached out to his cousin and I was like, Kayla, you know, Greg was my best friend. You know, you like, I know he's mad at me for the, the stuff I'd done in the past, but, you know, I really changed. So can you please reach out to him and tell him I, uh, you know, I just want to talk to you, bro. I miss you. You know, like, like damn, we were, we were boys. So he ended up doing that and then started talking, started talking to me about HVAC and I got really interested and um yes i just uh i really uh think hvac saved my life do, well, i think so know, did me and so did my family but yeah do, do you know why um I, I think i know why the skilled trades do that for people it's because when you're done like you said you were a jock in high school. So obviously you know what it, what it feels like to score a goal, right? In, in, in yep. a sport or, or basket or touchdown, or I don't know what sport you played or sports you played. But I mean, when you fix something, it feels like you scored a goal, right? You, could, you, just, feel, you just feel good about yourself because you actually accomplished something. And sometimes in a day, you'll fix five things. Right. There's like, um, there's it, like a warm feeling that. You yeah. Know. So yeah, exactly. Some, and then when you leave the customer and the customer's happy and you, you drive home at night and you feel accomplished, you feel like you've done something and it's rewarding. And I think that's why the skilled trades um, help align you and uh, give you that focus is because every day, you know, you're going to go out and accomplish something. Definitely. And um, outside of sports, whenever I tried to put myself towards something and like complete a task, a project, I would never finish it ever. So now it's just like, it's, it feels like really good. Like actually completing something like, fuck it, like, uh, like, like fixing it. Like, uh, it, like, I don't know. Nothing's better. Honestly. It's like, it's like, it's a better, better high than any drug could give you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So before, before we head out, um, not going to keep you too long and uh 
it's nine nine it's like half an hour before my bedtime so i gotta i gotta gotta ease down at myself after so let me let me ask you this if you were to offer anybody some advice because i know for a fact because when scott talked to me i know for a fact um that he wasn't the only depressed person in a skilled trade or hvac or or even listening to the podcast because this 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 um mental illness i guess it would be called a mental illness in a way i mean it's invisible nobody can see it nobody knows that you're going through it unless you speak out about it so if any what you went through if you could give advice to to people that are listening that went through that what sort of advice or going through what could, what sort of advice could you give them if i could give advice to anyone who's going through it even trades people or if you're not in a trade if you're just the average joe I, I would just say don't give up because it is beatable you could beat it like nothing is impossible and uh i think kobe Bryant proved that that's what you know i uh, said uh, i looked up to him before well i said people looked up to him his role model and um you just can't ever give up because yeah mental illness yeah it's a sickness but you could beat it if you do positive things if, if you put yourself in the right direction you could overcome anything great advice awesome love it man well i gotta thank you uh for getting on here and, and telling that because i don't know if that was easy for you to do or not um i don't know if it's easy for you to know that like more people that are gonna are gonna hear it or if it makes you feel good that potentially more people are gonna hear it and it's actually gonna potentially help them how do you feel if i if if it touches one person then it's all worth it yeah exactly that that's that that's what i say and sometimes i post very simple basic uh i guess an hvac tip for instance so I think it was last week I posted on how to, if you have a, a set of gauges hooked up to a system that have service valves on the, the discharge and the suction side, if you close the discharge service valve, or sorry, I should say back seat, the dis, discharge service valve, open up your gauges, you basically force the refrigerant that's left in your discharge hose into the suction side because you're, you're equalizing the pressures and it just puts some more refrigerant back puts less pressure in the hose and when i posted that little video people were like well people don't know this already (laughs) i'm like come on man like you when you first started in the trade you know you knew how to do that come on like everybody's everybody's at different levels i didn't even know that and i'm actually gonna use that now thank you yeah, no problem. You can do it with ball valves. If you have ball valves on your hoses, you can also do it. You don't need to have service valves. So basically, let's say you had ball valves and no service valves. You're just working on like a regular, like let's say like a rooftop or something or a, a resi split unit that doesn't have valves on it. You, you take the ball valve on your discharge side, you close it, right? And then you open up your gauges on either side and because your discharge hose has higher pressure, it's going to relieve itself into the suction side of the system, right? And then once you do that, you close your suction ball valve hose and you take them off. You still have, um, you've still basically taken refrigerant out of the system, 
because you've you've put hoses on it now unless your hose has already had gas in it but at least you've put some back and you've reduced the amount of pressure in your your discharge hose that is a great tip so i mean tips like that that are very very simple and basic people always harp on them saying oh if you don't know that you shouldn't be in the trade well you didn't know that when you started in the trade you didn't so you shouldn't you shouldn't speak like that Exactly. You should, you should never judge someone's level if they're trying to learn. Yeah. That, that's, that's what, that's, that's what all my groups and pages and stuff are all about is just trying to spread awareness and information and just to have a, a laugh and a joke once in a while, obviously, but um, it's, it's, it's all within a positive context. I, I would, I would say. I definitely agree. Awesome, man. So I will, um, I will bid you adieu and thank you very much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. I bid you adieu as well. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit stop and you just hang on for one second. All right, cool. So if you listen through that entire interview and you got to this point, thank you for doing so. Thank you very much. Cause as Rob said, there is a stigma around addiction. And I can probably bet that maybe a few people, once they started hearing the conversation, they might have pressed stop, potentially, because they just don't want to hear about this because of the stigma and, and everything that surrounds it. But the whole point of this conversation, the whole point of the interview, the whole point I invited Rob on to talk was because somebody, and, and Rob said it best himself, if he reaches one person, it's worth it. If somebody is listening to this, suffering from an addiction, they've went through this or they're going through it, and this has helped that one person, this whole interview with Rob, his time, my time, it was all worth it. You guys have a great day. I'm out. Happy HVAC.